Hello, and welcome to Field Notes, the weekly podcast of the Military Fellowship Center in Jacksonville, North Carolina, serving Marines stationed at Cap Lejeune and surrounding areas. Military Fellowship Center is a ministry of Military Evangelism Incorporated. Our speaker and host for the program is Dave Mason, the General Director of Military Evangelism and the Field Director at Jacksonville. Visit us on the web at militaryfellowshipministry.com or email us at militaryfellowshipctr at gmail.com. Now, here's Dave Mason. Welcome back to Field Notes. Today we continue our study of John chapter 7, and we pick up in verse number 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Again, Jesus is speaking at the Feast of Tabernacles, and now we've come to the last day of the great feast. And the Jews have by now left behind their huts, and on this day they march around the city of Jerusalem seven times. And on the last time around, the priests, for the last time, take water out of the pool of Siloam. And Jesus stands up as the priests are pouring the water on the altar for the last time. And he declares, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So he's saying to them, you're here celebrating the water that Moses, uh, that God brought out of the rock for Moses and, and, and watered the children of Israel in the wilderness. And I'm telling you, I am that living water. If you come to me, if you come to me and drink out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, in this statement, Jesus makes two promises, promises we know from verse 39 that the Jews of that time didn't understand. This he spake of the Spirit, which they believed on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost is not given. They didn't understand this because Jesus wasn't yet glorified. But today, with 2020 hindsight, we see exactly what the Lord wanted us to know. Number one, any man can receive the Spirit of God because he says, whosoever will may come and receive the Holy Ghost. And number two, those that receive the Spirit of God are to pass that blessing that they have gotten from God on to others. Now this week we're going to, going to get to the first point. We're not going to get past John 7.39 this week, but that's good. We need to slow down here because there are some very important things we need to learn. So the Holy Spirit has a twofold mission in the lives of all believers. First, to bring sinful men into a relationship with God, and second, to cause men to be agents of bringing others to God. Let's look at that first part this week. John seven thirty seven. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So any man can come. The fact is, folks, no man, no woman, no child, no senior, no one is unwinnable. Because everyone, according to this scripture, everyone, according to Revelation chapter 22, everyone may come if they wish. But men are not saved by the efforts of others. Understand that. You say, I've been talking to this person for so many years and they just, they're, they're, they're unwinnable. They can't come to Christ. No, they can because the Holy Spirit's what draws people, not people. 
The Holy Spirit, of the one, uh, the Holy Spirit of God, is the one who draws men and women, who puts within them an unquenchable thirst which only God can wet. First Corinthians twelve three says, "Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed." And then listen to this: and no one can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So every man has an equal opportunity to come to Christ, because God has given every man faith. A measure of faith that a man can choose to use or choose not to use. Romans 12.3, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we all have faith that we can exercise. It's whether or not we exercise it. And so the question comes now, if anybody can come and drink, here's the question. Are you thirsty? See, some of you may be thirsty for salvation. Some of you listening to this may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, may not have received the gift of eternal life. You've never been born again. You've never been saved. There's a hole in the bottom of your heart, and so you remain spiritually thirsty. And Jesus knows all about that thirst. I mean, you think back to what he said in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well. We looked at that several episodes ago, way back at the beginning of this study. And he said to the woman at the well, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that says to you, Give me water to drink, you would have asked of him, and he would give you living water. And you, you'll never thirst again. And she says, Where do I get this living water? How are you going to give me this living water? You don't even have a bucket. It's again, not everybody understands. But anybody who wants the living water can receive it. But there's another kind of thirst that I want to talk to you about. It's the thirst of the person who is saved. The someone who has been saved, who is a child of God, and yet you still have this thirst for God that never seems to get quenched. Maybe, just maybe, your salvation experience was the last time you felt anything from God. The last time you were truly satisfied by God. I meet a lot of people sometimes who say just nothing's changed. Is this all there is to Christianity? I still act the same way I used to. Christ hasn't changed me much at all. And I I really believe that far too many people in the church today have that very testimony. That is not what God intended. God's design for you was that you would come to the living waters, drink, and in that you would establish a relationship with him. Do you have a relationship with God? Jesus said in John 17, 3, his great uh, prayer before the crucifixion, which we'll get to in the coming months or years, however long it takes us to get through John. But he says in John 17, 3, this is life eternal, that they might know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Know you. Do you know God? I mean, why do some of us, so many of us seem to have dry, stale relationships with God? Why are we not close with Him? Why are we not intimate with Him? Well, because we come and we drink that first time, but we don't come back. We don't keep coming to the water. See, that's the thing about water. One drink doesn't suffice you for your life. Now, one drink from the water of that from the well of Christ will save you, and you will have eternal life for forever. You 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 can't go back on that. That's that's going to happen. But you have to keep coming back if you're going to get satisfied. 
You can you can be uh, you know you you can be saved and not be satisfied because you don't go back and drink. Another reason why we're not intimate with God is because we don't get involved. We get involved a little bit, but we don't really serve. We go on committees, we, we participate in programs, we, we go to meetings, we attend classes, we uh, cook for the fellowship dinners, we do activity after activity after activity, but we're not involved with Him. See, none of that activity satisfies the heart. You have to get involved with Him. You have to serve Him by serving others with your whole heart. Not because it has to be done. Not because if I don't do it, nobody else in the church will do it. You do it because you want to, because you want to serve people, because people are made in the image of God. And you want to serve God. So we don't have a, uh, we have a stale and dry relationship with God because we don't come and drink as often as we should. We, we, we have a stale relationship because we don't actually serve and we don't we don't have a, a great relationship with God in the church today because to be honest with you, we've been conditioned to be content with very little. We don't think God really answers prayer anymore. We don't think God really performs miracles anymore. We don't think God actually is involved in our lives. We think God is uh, as that pop song from the late '80s said, "From a distance, God's watching us from a distance." That's a lie straight from hell, folks. God's not watching you from a distance. He's intimately involved in your life. He's right here. And you should be expecting great things from God. You know, as the great missionary said, attempt great things from God, expect great things from God. But there's a hollowness in our worship. Let's be honest, we sing, but we don't think about the words we're singing. We bow our heads when someone prays, but we don't pray along with them. I mean, when was the last time we were moved when was the last time when we actually worshipped God? Jesus says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So every man has to drink. Why do we drink? Well, see, many of us, I think a lot of us today, we, we expect God to do the work of worship. We expect God to do the worship work of worship. We'll sing the hymns, we'll sing the new songs, we'll 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 stand when we're told to stand, but God, you're just gonna have to come in and change me. Fact is, is worship is drinking from the fount. And and when you get past a year or two old, you don't expect people to feed you anymore. You start feeding yourself. Your mom doesn't come to you when you're ten and give you a bottle. That's not right. You have to grow up. And and I think some of us are still on the bottle spiritually. We think God should do everything for us. But worship is going and, and seeking after God and, and going to the fount. Drinking is an act that you initiate. You purposely do this because you want to quench your thirst. So in your private time with God and in your public worship of Him, you have to initiate contact. You have to purpose in your heart to find Him and pursue hard after God. But it seems like a lot of us aren't even willing to be dragged through the trough. I mean, we're not even be willing, to be willing to be dragged to the trough. We can't, we can't bring ourselves to even actually get there. I mean, horses are led to water easier than us. Drinking from the fount is known as the filling of the Holy Spirit. And it involves something that none of us like. Submission. 
1 Peter one twenty two. Seeing as you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. That's submission. Obeying the truth through the Spirit. And it leads to an unfeigned, a, a love for the brethren that's not fake. So love your brother. Love your sister with a pure heart, fervently. And the only way you can do that is if you're submissive to God. And that's why we're so unsuccessful as Christians. Because we refuse to give up anything in order to know Him. You do know that in order to fill a glass, it has to be emptied first. You can't expect God to fill you with, your, with His Spirit when you have so much junk in your life. You're just filled to the brim with TV and podcasts. And, and I'm not saying you shouldn't listen to the podcast, but we're filling our lives with junk, with, with stuff that we, that we don't really need. All these programs and all the music and, and all the, the, the games and the apps. and There's so much that we've got our lives filled with that we don't have room for God. I'm on a quest this year to read more than I have in the last two or three years. And the only way I'm going to read more than I have in the last few years is if I remove some things from my life that are taking up my time. So I, I honestly, I don't know that there's a single series on television now that I follow that I watch on a regular basis because I don't have time for that. I've got to read. I've got to read my Bible. I've got to read the great uh, classics of Christian literature. I've got to read the great classical literature that, that I love. Shakespeare and, and, and uh, John Donne and, and uh, Mark Twain and uh, Herman Melville, all the greats. I, I love that sort of thing. But I can't focus on those artists, those authors. I can't focus on my Bible. I can't focus on uh, the great works of Spurgeon and, and Adam Clark and others unless I remove some things from my life so that I have time to do that. You cannot get filled with the Spirit of God if you keep your life cluttered with stuff. You won't have the time to read your Bible if you spend most of your time on your Facebook feed. Let's be honest. That's a good question for us today. Let's, let's time ourselves the next time and see how much time we spend reading our Facebook feed and hitting like and typing amen and all those sorts of things so that we'll be blessed. Apparently that's the new way, right? How much time do we do that? And then let's see how much time we spend in the Word. You can't get filled unless you empty first. And the way we drink, the way we get filled is we empty ourselves because we recognize that we possess nothing. Understand that you don't possess anything. You're here for a limited time. We get 70 years on this earth and anything past that's the grace of God according to scriptures. Eternity is far. This life is a drop. It is a single drop of water and a 55-gallon drum of eternity. There's so much more waiting for us on the other side, and we spend so much of our time trying to get prepared for the last, you know, three or four years of our lives so that we can be, so that we can relax and, 
and enjoy our life, our our last few years, our golden years, because we're obsessed with our stuff. We're obsessed with mine and my, my stuff, my property. This is mine. Those are two of the most dangerous words in the entire Christian vocabulary. We like to say, God gave me. God gave me this. Shouldn't we be saying, God allowed me to use this thing. God allowed me to have this thing for a little time. Because when we say God gave me, all of a sudden we possess it. You possess nothing. I think of Abraham taking his son up to the mount and 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 ready to plunge the knife. And he hears the ram in the thicket and and God himself provided a lamb. God provided himself as a lamb. And I believe when Abraham came down off the mount with his son, he was relieved. Not just because his son was spared, but because now he understood that he possessed nothing. God owns everything, and it is at his pleasure that we have anything, including our children. So we... We drink, we're filled when we realize we don't possess anything, and we submit our wills to God. Jesus says, drink. I mean, he says, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. That's a command. It's a commandment, drink. And we need to listen to the commandments of Scripture. James one twenty two. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man holding himself, uh, holding his natural face in a mirror in a glass. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightforward forgets what manner of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, not being a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, that man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem religious and bridles not his tongue but deceives his own heart, that man's religion is in vain. We've got to submit ourselves to the Word of God. The Word of God tells us some very positive things. Pray and ask me, and I'll, uh, I'll give you whatsoever you ask that's in my will. Read the Bible. Search the Scriptures. For in them they, 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 they speak of eternal life. It tells us to, to not forsake the assembling ourselves together. As some do, go, do the things that we're supposed to do. Go to church. Read our Bibles, pray, serve, love one another as much as we love ourselves. But it also tells us some negative things, commands we have to obey. Bridle your tongue. Bridle your tongue. Last few weeks, I've had a few lessons here at the center, and I've actually heard the chaplain speak at uh, um, our Reconnect uh, afternoon meetings over at Camp Johnson, and he spoke on the same sort of thing. And, and, and a quote that Mark Twain used that he stole from the Proverbs um, is very appropriate. It is better to be thought a fool and remain silent than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. If If you think you're a religious man, if you think you're a smart man, if you think you're a wise man, one of the best things you can do is keep quiet because the tongue is deceitful and we will say things we don't mean. I've said so many things in my life that I didn't mean. And after I said them, I, I thought to myself, why did I say that? That's a command of God is to, to bridle our tongue. So in order to be filled with the Spirit, I have to not only recognize that I possess nothing, I have to submit my will to God. 
and 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 do the things that he says to do that are positive and not do the things that he says not to do that are negative. And finally, I have to obey him. If I want to be filled with the Spirit, I've got to obey God. And maybe that's why we don't drink. Because we're afraid to do what he tells us to do. <laughs> we're afraid to do what he tells us to do. 1 John 5, 5 2 through 4 says this, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Come to the living water today and drink deeply. Till next time, I'm Dave Mason. Thank you for joining us for Field Notes. If you have been blessed by the preaching and teaching you have heard, consider visiting our website at militaryfellowshipministry.com and click the Donate button. Any amount will be a great help to us as we continue to reach our men and women in the military with the gospel. Join us next week as we continue our study of God's Word. God bless you.